sake. Hello, man. see, Nate Freeman. What's happening, my guy? I had a very, very festive 4th of July, spending it in the most American way possible by hanging out with the extremely English Gavin Brown. Uh, well, you are an extremely festive guy. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. Gavin's also probably a pretty festive guy. What did yeah. you do? Uh, what, what, love- what brought you into his orbit? Well, he was having an opening at his uh, satellite space called Uncle Brother in Hancock, New York, which is uh, on the Delaware River, western part of the, the Catskills. And, you know, is that an um, art space as well as a restaurant? Because I know it is a, it's it's a very well-regarded restaurant, usually run by him and Recreate Taravanesha. It's a uh, yes, it's it's a great art space, small but but you know very very lovely. It's in a former uh, car dealership that's been lovingly maintained, uh, and there's a restaurant that is nominally run by Rickert, though Rickert was not there. Um, Rickert was chilling in Arles, France, getting fed by Maya Hoffman. Uh, well, who so. isn't? Did you did you hang out with our our sometimes podcast co-host Andrea, who's staying in Rickert's house? Uh, you know what? She didn't. She didn't come. I don't know why. Surprise! I, actually, I Happy birthday, her. Andrea. Happy birthday! You should have come. She should have come. But friends of the pod, James Schaefer and uh, and his wife, uh, uh, Danielle Cardoso Schaefer, who organized the show alongside Danny Bias, they were there. Um, also, so it um, was billed to me as James and and Gavin were going to be solo, the two of them in a duet, a duet uh, in the kitchen, dancing it up yeah. and cooking. That's how he sold it to us. I think on this very podcast is that what I came know. to pass, or was no, it? No, it didn't. A bit less, but it's, it was. It, they weren't cooking, but there was like actual professional chefs cooking, which is probably for the best. The food was excellent. It's really fantastic. Just like, I mean, if you ever uh, experienced sort of Rickert's, you know, uh, uh, whole thing, been to any of his, you know, performances, I know. And we at have, this point, who hasn't? Who hasn't? Then I recall uh, uh, snacking up some Thai food with you in Paris um, uh, at a work installation. Yeah, where before we went to one of the most gorgeous houses in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gavin was cooking then, and it was it was fun to watch. Um, but it was a lovely day, and and my lord, does uh, Mr. Gavin Brown like his fireworks? Uh, that I I mean I I hate when people post pictures of fireworks on the gram, obviously, but I did notice some from the Delaware River Val- Gap there. Uh, this I heard were sponsored by Gavin Brown. He 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 sponsored. Did he set them off himself, or he paid someone to set them off? He was setting off some of them himself. And yeah, he, he purchased thousands of dollars of fireworks. And <laughs> James was DJing and played Board to Run by Bruce Springsteen. And at the climax of Born to Run, Gavin sets off like a hundred fireworks. America uh, it was, number it was one. Amazing. Listen, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I hate our country, but I hate all the other countries more. So USA number one, that sounds like a great moment. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. If you ever want to love America, just like go abroad for a while. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Um, that sounds pretty. That sounds pretty fun. Is that close to where you usually go in the country? Or do you find alternative accommodations? Uh, it's, it was not that close. It was about an hour 45 away. So we actually drove back to Kingston. That, that's that's, we, that's we, not at all close, bro. I know. It's not close. But, but we, we did some long haul driving. We stopped in the very picturesque Valley town of Livingston Manor had a, uh, very refreshing, uh, small batch brewery IPA or two, as one does. Oh, disgusting! Yeah. <laughs> that's that's anti-American. Whatever you, whatever those words you strung together were. <laughs> yeah. If butt heavy Sorry. ain't good enough for you, you ain't good enough for America. The terrorists have won. 
Yeah, the terrace. <laughs> the well. terrace have one. Oh, that sounds pretty fun. We were uh we were now ensconced here uh out east, uh, hence the delay in this podcast. Lots of technology had to had to happen. Um, I just mm-hmm. put a wall through the through the exterior wall of this rental house um, uh, in order to drop I a fiber optic in order to drop a fiber optic line, mostly just so we could do this podcast a little bit so that uh, the JP Morgan people could get their work product on time. But uh, but mostly for the podcast, <laughs> mostly for the podcast, <laughs> indeed. I mean, um, yeah, what's more uh, important? Well, you know, it's it, the fucking technology is terrible out here. It's it's full of rich people all doing important mm. things, at least in their own mind. But you can't get more than two bars on any cell phone. And even when you do, there's so many people congesting the line like I, deals must get strung up here. I don't, I don't know how it happens. Thank God yet, I don't have a real job. And yet there's like, like, you know, more dealers per capita in like East Hampton, Sag Harbor than anywhere on earth right now. Yeah. I mean, so, never mind art here. deals. I was thinking more like, you know, like real business, real business deals happening <laughs> yeah. based on the and quality of automobiles. Once he's once he's lined up for summer camp drop off. I mean, I think, I think there's some people that aren't involved in the art business, maybe working out here wow. this summer. Um, so how was how was your fourth? Did you uh, see any any art world luminaries? I, I didn't. I kept it real close to home. We were just getting settled, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, burgers on the grill with some, uh, some friend from friendly wasps and uh, some, some of my favorite mm-hmm. people in the world. Kids in the pool, tuckering them out uh, way past their yeah. bedtime. Some sparklers. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I was back home and basically asleep before it turned dark. Um, and not and not and not unhappy about it well the fourth has always been one of my favorite holidays uh it's kind of non-denominational except for you know uh the neoliberal state um uh, (laughs) which obviously i support um but uh but it's always one of my favorite holidays not super mellow but i have started to i've started to uh to go out and see people went to see a friend of the pod claire distenfeld had a little pop-up at a farm stand with her dada product which is like these snack treats so i'm just i'm dipping my toes into it you know gonna Mm. ease my way and i gotta get my tan all kind of correct first before i do too much of the socializing Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that can be accomplished in just a few but days. There are, but there are, I, I, I'm working on it. Well, I'm in, here, I'm in here getting fiber optic lines dropped and whatnot and talking to you. Um, <laughs> although there are, you know, there's, I, I, I have been in touch with uh, Henry Taylor, who has a show of wow. his paintings up King at the Henry. Hauser and Verth here in Southampton. I don't really go to Southampton. It's a little tacky. It's a little far, but I will go for Henry and uh, hopefully we'll be able to catch mm-hmm. up with him, you and I together at some point. The listeners, listeners can't see this, but, but I just directed my computer to show you here in these village. This is Henry's portrait of yours truly. Have you ever seen this? You've seen this before. I've seen that. I believe it was actually featured as, as uh, when you did an apartment tour for the Drunken That's right. Canal. I did. Uh, yeah. So for those of you who That's haven't right. been was, in your house, yeah. they might have seen it in the press, in the printed press. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's speaking point, of which, they, I, I got a. Did you? I'm sure you got this email uh, uh, dropping that the the Drunken Canal, uh, in collaboration, collab, as they say, mm-hmm. with the Independent Art Fair, are throwing a party together. Fun fact, Ben, um, yeah. and this—it this, was your this idea. Was, uh, no, it was—it was actually our idea. <laughs> <laughs> really, I, I don't recall this. <laughs> well, I'm happy uh, to take ownership for it, but I have no memory no, of it. Uh, I ran into Elizabeth D uh, a few months ago, who told me that she was listening to not our podcast, but this is a real throwback. Listening to our clubhouse. Whoa! <laughs> uh, I we'd we never talk about that <laughs> when we were discussing the Drunken Canal. And she like Googled them and reached out to them and said, like, let's do a party. So she she credits our clubhouse with that collaboration. 
Interesting, interesting. Well, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully they'll usher me to the front of the line. It does take place on uh, the 20th anniversary of, of one of the more uh, inauspicious dates in the 21st century right. thus far. Uh, that was interesting. Oh. But I love, I love to see good people getting together. Love the Drunken Canal. Love the Independent. I, mean, I love to see good, be there. good, uh, strong, smart women uh, collaborating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I'm glad I, to know that I, it was a uh, glad to know it was our idea. It was our our idea. Yeah. We accepted it, which is great. And I have some more details about it that I can't share on pod, but it's going to be an epic rager party. I can't wait. You know, before we broke and and parted our ways uh, to our different summer houses for the 4th of July, uh, we actually, we, we, there were some big openings in New York City, uh, at least in my world. Uh, oh, the yeah. first of which was, um, uh, we spoke about it kind of in a preamble, was uh, Hugh Hayden at Listen, uh, along with the great painter. Such, such, yeah. Van Hanos, who show is absolutely incredible, like a really tour mm-hmm. de force. It's his, I know he's shown out in Brooklyn with Clearing, who he still shows with. Um, but this was his first real major New York non-institutional presentation. He knocked mm-hmm. it out of the park. I was in the studio, I don't know, maybe six weeks before. It seemed really far from being realized based on the ideas he hmm. told me about and then the objects he showed me. But he totally pulled it off, um, was absolutely great. I'm happy to have acquired one of the sculptures for a client, which makes me oh, happy. Um, and uh, and also Van Hanos uh, in the next door space at Listen. Uh, again, also probably his first big, he's someone whose name has been around for years, but his first mm-hmm. big, really comprehensive show in New York. And, uh, yeah. and I think he crushed it. And they threw a, like a, it felt like a, the first big stand-up cocktail party past hors d'oeuvres gallery dinner, at least that I've it been was, invited to. It was that, everyone. That, it was it was a little uh, bit actually anxiety-inducing for me. Everyone we knew was there. I, I didn't know. I didn't know it. where to turn. Oh yeah, it was. God. You were in your element. You were yeah. uh, you were stopping chatting throughout the night. It was it was the first time that I was at a party since the the white key party the Chateau Marmont right at the end of the before mm-hmm. times in Los Angeles. It was it was the first time I was at an event where like literally like it would be like everywhere I turned I would see someone that I wanted to talk to and it would be like ah 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 and it was like very overwhelming at first but then once you got into the rhythm of it, it was just like so fucking. Fun. I never got into the and, rhythm and I I actually had to leave early and uh, uh, to, right. to make my way out here the next day so it only lasted about an hour which for me it's very hard for me yeah. to leave a party. Well. Uh, wait, you missed you missed an epic uh, sojourn. It was a uh, the entire party when we got kicked out around twelve thirty. We all just back to your mass. house, <laughs> back to my second home, Sophie's. Oh wow! Oh wow! I yeah. hope you get a cut of that bar tab, man. I mean, it um, was an epic scene. Man. When, when, as I was leaving at about nine thirty, ten o'clock, uh, there was a line out the door because they limited capacity, right. and I felt like I was actually doing a public service because by by my, my leaving, another uh, aspirational party goer was able to enter uh, into that vortex. I uh, I pieced out to up, not quite Sophie's, but Sunny and Annie is another important East Village oh, uh, stalwart. God. and hadn't had a sandwich in about a year from there, and uh, took a calorie bomb in the Uber home. Ate it on Damn, my couch. You know, it wasn't as much fun as maybe you had, but I enjoyed it. None. I love Tony and Annie so much. I used to live in that block for years. And uh, actually this morning I got up kind of early and I was very close to going to Sunny and Annie's for breakfast. But then I just ended up. I mean, not to get too deep in the woods here. I actually I don't prefer them in breakfast. They don't have a griddle there. So both yeah. any of the egg or the or the the, the bacon products are microwaved. Um, for yes, me, not true. the optimal treatment of it's, either ingredient, especially bacon. It's a lunch and even a dinner spot. Really, I've, I've had many a delicious dinner sandwich there. Do you have a go to sandwich there? Um, my go to. This is very strange, but I love having the chicken salad sandwich on a wrap with bacon. 
So kind of like a modified John Curry, as they call it. Yeah, right. It's, it was similar to the John Curry. Um, I go for a one zero zero one. It's a peppermill turkey, uh, bacon, uh, coleslaw, Russian dressing, Swiss cheese, uh, kind of like a turkey a great Reuben. One. Great sandwich. Great one. sandwich. Not good for I, you. Good years, for your mouth. I mean, if, if you haven't been there, and if you haven't, my lord, get get there. Uh, Avenue C like, and uh, Avenue B, B, B and Fifth, right? Yeah, uh-huh, and Sixth, actually. Um, but um, yeah, so they they have plastered around the, the, the this little bodega just like hundreds of different very inventive and sometimes strange sandwiches that uh i've tried a number of them some of them are you know experiments <laughs> and some of them are just like miraculous you know like it's it's really just and the people there are the nicest friendliest coolest people um yeah and I, I believe that they've gotten some coverage in the times for their kind of long oh, yeah. long oh, yeah. standing it's, it's a, it's, it's a special like place a, it's this not isn't a secret this isn't your mama's bodega either it's a special place um, mm-hmm. And then the, the following day, I actually had to drive back into the city to meet up with some clients that were in town from Seattle to see some things. And we were thrilled to go preview just as it was finished being installed. Borner Samak's incredible mm-hmm. exhibition at JTT. Yeah. Did, you, did you get a chance to go check that out? I'm actually, I, mean, I know you wanted to try to go today, uh, uh, which is why I forced you to do this podcast early so I can peace out and go see some shows. I'm going to be out of town for a week uh, starting tonight. Um, so there's some stuff that's closing that I wanted to see. I need to make it out to Olivier's gallery. Today, I just want to go out to Bushwick. I'm ambitious, ambitious. I mean, I, Olivia's yeah. show is great. Those are really cool paintings. Um, I'm mm. blanking on the name right now. Um, Chase Hall. Chase Hall, yeah. Really, really cool. I'd be but, bummed uh, if I missed it. And it closes Friday. But yeah, yeah Borna's show is really, really special. It's like it's like taking a peek into his brain, <clears throat> um, which is a, a beautiful and dark and, uh, and lovely and scary space. All highly recommend the people go check it out. Um, I don't. I, that's a good. I guess that's it from the art world. I haven't. I haven't done that much out here. Um, did you check out this little fluff piece on uh, your friend and mine, Eugenio uh, Lopez, uh, from I did, the New York I did. Times? And, and this you interview know, with uh, Robert. Uh, who who did it? Uh, Robin, Robin Graven. Um, I. You know, Eugenio is a fascinating guy. Friend of the pod, I guess. Maybe that's a little bit of stretch. If he knew These about are- the pod, he would definitely be a friend of it. <laughs> Yeah, um, we've both spent some time with him. He's a, a really a wonderful guy and like an, a truly exceptional collector who's done so much for the art scene in our favorite city, Mexico City, um, uh, and his house in Los Angeles, as we can both uh, testify to, is chock full of insane masterpieces. Of, but it doesn't uh, hold a candle uh, to what's what's in his house in Mexico City. The house in Mexico City is looking. Very good. That's it is a I, special, I special, say. special place. He's, I mean, I just think he's a special guy. I mean, he is literally larger than life, uh, I would mm-hmm. say, in terms of his persona. Um, yeah. He's both highly available and highly reclusive in his way. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, but like a killer collector. I mean, just so much stuff. You know, started UMEX in Mexico City, obviously, which is now a large museum. Uh, well, the UMEX collection, mm-hmm. his parents started UMEX, the juice company, uh, yes. from which the fruit of which so to speak uh funds mm-hmm. the collection um but he also you know he's a he's a big board member of the new museum and helped fund that building on the yep. bowery and uh, and was one of the instrumental people in helping to save mocha over the past 10 years i mean a lot of people have had to step totally. in to try and help save mocha in los angeles yeah. um but great great person fascinating fascinating collector interview was kind of like it didn't even scratch the surface maybe it really didn't no i mean like this is this is someone who's so passionate about art and also the art world. Like you go to one of his parties and like, it could just be like, you know, rich people and, and like fellow collectors, but it's like curators and it's artists and it's, it's, you know, like dealers with, and like, you know, 
esoteric strange galleries from all over the world. Like he's really a true patron of this thing we call the art world and one of its most interesting members. And, and, you know, no knock on Robin, his, you know, friend, colleague, but yeah, it's like, I guess these times Q and A's can only really be like so interesting. Yeah. yeah I mean, and and, like and no, no knock on Johanio, but this felt very PR driven. Uh, like there was a public yeah. relations person who placed this uh, and, and oversaw it because uh, there was really no revelations or really anything that that was that juicy or anything you could chew on. I'm not talking about any sort of gotcha stuff, but just, you know, that really got to the, to the heart of what drives his collecting and love of art. Right. Um, and yeah. it's also interesting to me, it, it, it referred to one of his advisors, Estella Provas, who has been the key advisor for him. They started a gallery together in Los Angeles, uh, at, uh-huh. or in Mexico City, excuse me, and eons ago. I'm um, very close, and she's been the, kind of the leading line of the collection. But there have been a number of other advisors that have concurrently worked to build the oh, collection yeah. with him. Patricia I thought it was Marshall. surprising that only yeah, Patricia Marshall, um, um, first among, among many, uh, mm-hmm. and first by law. But it was interesting that, that no one else got any play, so... Yeah, it just caught caught my eye. No, but I mean, Estella's amazing too. I mean, she's also a brilliant person to talk to about the art world and about art. I just it felt like there was more missing than what was told in this little snippet. Um, But maybe for people who aren't familiar with him, it was uh, it was uh, an interesting thing. Um, Should we try to get uh, Johanny to come poolside at the end of July? Oh, we can try, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, we should mention um, (laughs) for the people that don't know, obviously Felix Art Fair, which is happening the uh, the last week of this month of July into the first weekend of August there. Uh, The Felix Art Fair at the the historic Roosevelt Hotel, which is an amazing David Hockney pool. Uh, It's going to be an art fair made up of all Los Angeles galleries, including a number that have never done the Felix Fair before. And uh, yours truly, uh, uh, Vanity Mm -hmm. Fair's own Nate Freeman and myself will be there podcasting some of the key players from the Los Angeles art scene. We'll be dropping, I don't know, between four and six little mini pods over the course of the fair. Uh, as some yeah, ancillary gonna... content, you know, if either you're mm-hmm. there and you're you're sitting in traffic listening to it before you get there when you leave, or you just can't make it to LA in the middle of fucking summer because um, you're on vacation, like any sensible person, <laughs> and not <laughs> an art fair, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to listen then. It's going to be a lot of fun, and and I've been looking forward to to this edition of Felix. One, it's one of my favorite fairs, like full stop. It's just such a blast to hang out at the Roosevelt, Agreed. and like all the, all the dealers are in such a good mood because like it's just kind of you know. It's, it's just a very, very excellent vibe. And you can just really just pass hours and hours at the Roosevelt, like dipping into booths and going to the pool and like having a drink at the barn. It's just a wonderful place. So I'm really looking forward to, in addition to doing all those things I always do, running a fucking podcast. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. We're going to get most of it done beforehand. It'll make it easy. Yeah. You know, they're doing all the tech. It'll be like it'll be like we're a real podcast, not just me, me as the executive producer here. Um, <laughs> but we've already got some sick guests lined up. And I think we do. I don't, don't want to drop any names quite no, yet, not, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll drop them out. We're, we're a finely oiled machine over here. Um, but maybe mm-hmm. we'll ask Johanio if he wants to come on as one of our collector, think, uh, as one think, of our collector guests. It, it never not? hurts. The worst someone can say is no. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think he I think he'd love the pod. Right. Yeah. He would totally love it. He would totally love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be a funny story anyway. Um, <laughs> just real quick hits. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot going on in the art world, actually, but uh, we're making this a little bit of a mini pause so we can get on into the sunlight. But did mm-hmm. you see this piece in the art newspaper? And it was sort of commenting on how a lot of the top museum jobs in China are going to white men. I did see that. Uh, and it, yeah, I, I, I don't really know what to say. I mean, it's, I guess it's, 
true that these people were all hired. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's a, so they, they list uh, as examples of Francesco Bonami at uh, Hans Zhu's private museum, which is called By Art mm-hmm. Matters, what a terrible name. Uh, Peter Ely, who's going to be the curator at large right. at the UCCA Center of Contemporary Art. This doesn't say, I mean, a curator at large, I mean, that doesn't really mean anything. I mean, good for him. He's, a, he's, a, he's interesting. Is he going to be based in, in Shanghai? I highly doubt it. I think that's the right, at large exactly. part. That's as you see in any kind of like museum in a city where people don't want to live. There's a lot of curators at large. <laughs> um, and uh, and then uh, Shai Battelle, who's going to be the artistic director of the Modern Art Museum in Shanghai. So I list all mm-hmm. these. I'm not going to get into whether this is actually a thing or not. I mean, at least, you know, at least someone's willing to hire these guys, um, each of each of whom or at least <laughs> each of the first two have, have had their own um, professional hiccups over the years, shall we say? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Francesco, obviously a brilliant curator, a brilliant mind, a little bit of a wackadoodle. He took a, oh, yeah. he took a little bit of exception to this article in the art newspaper. <laughs> and I encourage all of you guys to look up his Instagram handle, which I can't Please. find right now. Yeah. He posted a, posted a video response. And uh, I think the, the leading thing, and the only thing I really want to say about this um, fairly interesting response article was him coming out really to the world and saying that oftentimes he feels like a female Iranian lesbian inside. Although he presents as a white male to the outside, he feels as though in his heart of hearts, he is a female lesbian mm-hmm. Iranian. Um, I wonder how that's his curatorial vision. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, evidently as a, as a female uh, lesbian Iranian, um, he has no issues working for another somewhat autocratic uh, government uh, or under, right. under the auspices of another semi Like, you know, Francesco, that 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 <laughs> sounds about right, dude. It's just, the boomer, it's the boomer thing, man. Just him and Jerry. Just they you. just can't. They just can't. You <laughs> they know, just can't stop. They can't stop. They can't stop. I mean, like, like I mean, we're bad enough <laughs> as bros, but these guys just really turn them to another level. They refuse to give up any of their privilege <laughs> at all. I mean, like the Bonamas, you don't go off, King. Like if that's how he feels, like I'm all for it. You know, I mean, like he's an interesting problematic guy. Remember that speech he gave at that dinner for Dan Coleman? Yeah, I had forgotten uh, until you just <laughs> began that sentence and it came flashing back to me. A really interesting <laughs> yeah. speech when Dan Cohen opened a, a really fantastic exhibition at, um, at Damien Hurst Museum, yeah. whatever he calls it, or Newport Art Street Space, Gallery. Or Newport Street Gallery. Yeah, what a fundamentally weird speech. Just the whole dinner was so wacky. And, like, and then he gave a speech where he went on an extended soliloquy about uh, Dan's manhood, uh, which is depicted in all of its glory in a self-portrait sculpture in the show. Um, and I think it had previously been um, perhaps featured in certain Dash Snow photographs as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, Francesco, over the main course, may, may I recall, uh, just went on and on and on about, about the contours of this member. Yeah, it was it was really special. Something about the Italians and their attachment to uh, other men's um, manhood, for lack of a better phrase. Um, <laughs> we are listening to this podcast as explicit. <laughs> do um, we have to do that? I already said fuck a few times. Yeah, I do that. I do that every time. It's just you know, yeah, okay. I don't even know yeah. why. Um, uh, I had a bunch of other. Oh, and just just because I am out east here, I want to offer a hearty congratulations to. Um, everyone's favorite gallery owner and investor um, looks like Adam Lindemann was finally able to unload some of his considerable Montauk real estate listings. Um, he, uh, 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 he David Adjay designed house, which is an incredible, it looks like a traditional beach cottage from the outside, a little bit less mm-hmm. traditional, more Adjay like on the inside. 
unloaded that. And it's very confusing right. exactly which parcels of land that he owned came with the house. But uh, he got twelve and a half million dollars over it. So I'm happy he's going to be good for you, Adam. Him. Yeah, good for him. You know, I always, like to root for an, I always like to root for an underdog. And so really yeah, I mean, someone's really pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps. And Adam's that guy. Just kidding. I love you. Adam. <laughs> You're kind of just my hero. I'll just never be as cool as you or as rich. Yeah. I tried to go to VS over Manhattan yesterday and it closed at 5.30. What's I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. That's great. I'm okay with that. Wouldn't you, if you had the choice? Like, why are you even open this time? I didn't have time to get, get there early. And I wanted so to you see came back like, for one day and then you're going back to the country. I'm also, I mean, we should mention, I don't think either of us were able to make it out, but um, Max LeVay opened, uh, not, this, not this immediate weekend, but the weekend preceding it, opened up his space called The Ranch out in Montauk. And I believe it's adjacent to one of, of Lindemann's many properties. Out I think there. it's like um, right I'm gonna try, right now. Yeah, I'm going to try and there's, there's horses, there's art, the whole shebang. Max is a, a wide ranging uh, intellect and bon vivant. So I'm going to try and roll out there at some point in the next couple of weeks and check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told I told Max to go in like August. Uh, I'm really excited to see it. Uh, no, it looks like just Fabric Peter Halley looks like a great show. No, like what's not to love? Yeah, I mean, they, they've sponsored a great Peter Halley exhibition in Venice a few years ago that was bananas. Did you see that? I Oh, I think I saw that. Oh, it was one of the greatest things. I was just insane. It was a huh. full immersive installation of Haleyness. It, it, it was like, it was almost like a, a, a fun house in an amusement park in the way you tried to guide yourself through this, uh, I saw, this proverbial artistic hall of mirrors. Totally cool. I saw a Peter Halley show like that in Paris in, I can't remember what year, but it was like in a pop-up space uh, in the Marais. And maybe it was really good. I don't know. Very this good. was definitely Very in Venice. Fun. I definitely had to take a boat there. I, I, I remember yeah. this clearly. Um, all right. I mean, and don't take a lot yeah. of boats in Paris. At least I haven't. Oh, we, we have been yeah. to a couple of parties on boats in Paris. Um, I think we've been, yeah, we've at least a few. Yeah, I actually usually never actually go on into that party or don't last very long. Um, I have a bunch of other stuff here, but it all seems really trite compared to the amusing conversations we've had thus far. I think for mm-hmm. uh, is today Wednesday for a Wednesday in July, the sun is shining outside. I'm going to I'm going to go hit the beach uh, after I yeah. do, after I edit this together. So I think I think we're good. Do you have anything that I that I missed that you wanted to wanted to chat about? Uh, no, I mean, I guess, you know, well, oh, oh, I wanted to say why I came back into town, actually. Yeah. Why did you come came, back into I, town? I, I came specifically to go to the Bellman's bar last night. Oh, who did you go there with? I went with friend of the pod, Foster Kamer, writer and editor extraordinaire. I hear who, that you have a story about him. Do you want to share that story from last night? Uh, well, the story, yeah, I could share the story. So Please. Foster wrote uh, a story about Bellman's uh, last October for New York Magazine, um, just about how the greatest cocktail bar in, in Manhattan, if not planet Earth, uh, was coping during um, the, you know, pandemic. pandemic. The pandemic. Um, and they, it was a really, really heartfelt story. He talked to Sofia Coppola and like Hamilton Lee Thoucher, 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 the, the singer other people like you know uh, who work at the bar including Earl Rose the the legendary piano player and um, Luis who's the bar manager and Demetrios who's uh, the, the head captain and everyone who, who's at Bevelman's and this was his first time back since then and um, 
uh, and I, I was honored to be the person accompanying him. Um, and it was a wonderful night. You know, we, we walk in, Earl stops playing piano to say hello to us and then, then sits back and then plays Rhapsody in Blue. Oh, and legendary. We get like around, we get, uh, we get our martinis, but then we get a round of new cocktails that they just added to the menu, all of which were really delicious. And one of which like was so good, I almost might make it my like, normal order, which is insane because I've had my same order there for a decade. Um, and then they brought up food, which I know, normally don't get because it's like, you know, uh, kind of expensive, but it was all delicious. And then, uh, and they, they comped it. They comped every single thing. Wow. I know. All right. I think that is a good place to leave it off. Bemelman's God bless. I can't wait to be back there. All Not right. Noted Bennett. Out. Not a Bennett. Out.